I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. Hi and welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host as always. I have a very special guest in, I guess, the remote studio today. It's uh, Dr. Mark Manera calling in here from St. Louis. I see a St. Louis Cardinals hat in, in the background. And um, he is the, the founder of Supply Chain Fitness and... His quest is to get everyone in the supply chain as healthy as possible. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Mark Manera. Yeah, Kevin, thank you so much for having me. Excited for the conversation, and uh, as always, uh, love talking to you. Perfect. Uh, well, Mark, um, let, let's start off with supply chain fitness, kind of how you got involved in that. Where, where was the aha moment? Because in every company founder, entrepreneur, in every business, there's that aha moment where you kind of think that there's a window of opportunity and then you come obsessed with it like no one else in the world would become obsessed with it. Yes. Uh, the aha moment happened three years ago because three years ago, I had no clue, didn't know anyone in the trucking supply chain world. No one in my family, uh, even close family friends were in trucking logistics, uh, supply chain as a whole. I grew up with uh, all every a lot of my family and, and both my parents were in the medical field, and uh, I was kind of going that on that same route. And I, I went to physical therapy school here in St. Louis, and I was on a clinical rotation, finishing up grad school in this really small uh, clinic in this small town just south of St. Louis, and rehabbing a bunch of people. And in walked a truck driver, uh, and actually a couple of truck drivers that I was rehabbing, and. Honestly, uh, first saw firsthand, you know, what 20, 30 years behind the wheel can do to someone's health. And there was one driver in particular who had just had a total knee replacement and 38 years as an over the road truck driver. Uh, I saw him day one after having that knee replacement. So he hobbled in still a little like loopy off of pain medicine from the surgery. And, you know, we just uh, started working together for a couple of weeks, a couple of months because that rehab process is a long time. And especially early on, it's very painful. And as uh, me being the bad guy PT that has to get them back to having full knee range of motion and be able to walk and jump into the truck again, you have to push the limits a little bit so that they can get uh, their knees bending again. And so a lot of the time early on is, is them lying in the bed and I'm just stretching their knee out and Instead of them screaming, I small talk with them. And I'm just a curious person in general. So I like to ask questions and just hear their story. And he just uh, started telling me about his 38 years over the road. Uh, told, told me about how much he loves trucking. He's got uh, he's a dad of five, been married for 40 years. And just telling me, you know, the sacrifices he had to make being an over the road truck driver, but also how much he loved it and how much he did it for his family. And, you know, I think. Every truck driver has a different uh, way that they look at the family dynamic, but how he looked at it was, hey, I'm out for a couple of weeks, but when I'm home, I'm home and I get to mm. enjoy my kids and family. And uh, he had actually hurt his knee in the late 90s and it took him 20 years because of just how crazy trucking was in his family life to actually have a surgery. So uh, that is really what sparked me because one of the questions that uh, you know I asked as a physical therapist was, hey, 
you know, before this injury or before the surgery, what were you doing for exercise? And because, you know, my goal is to get them back even better than what they were previously. And, you know, typically when I ask people who don't exercise, the the response is, yeah, I know I probably should be doing more than I am doing. Or yeah, my doctor asked me the same thing. I get it. But when I asked this guy, you know, 38 years as an over the road truck driver, you know, drivers don't hold back. They just tell you how it is. And I said, you know, hey, uh, before, uh, you know, when you were out on the road, uh, what were you doing for exercise? And he said, I'm a trucker. We don't exercise. What do you mean? And so that just threw me down this rabbit hole, the trucking industry. And, you know, long story short, after hours and hours of digging into it, what I ended up seeing just completely changed the course of my career. And uh, got me to start supply chain fitness. It's, it's strange because, uh, you know, over the road tr- drivers, I mean, a normal week is about 70 hours. And if you're not in the truck, you're in the cab. And, you know, for, for all of us out there who've made that, that one day or two day road trip across America, uh, or parts of America, those long eight hour drives. I mean, you just feel like crap at the end yes. of it, right? It takes like a day to recover. And imagine doing that five, six days a week for 30 years and how, how, how your muscles be cramped. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is exercise. And once you get out of that, the, the, the cab, you kind of want to stretch certainly, but, um, what, what toll that takes on your body and then the lack of movement all day yeah. long. I mean, you're, you're sitting behind the wheel and, um, and then you flash forward to, to the, the cases that you see and it's should, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that, um, health, you know, health cases in, in truck drivers is so common. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's really this vicious cycle because right. You know, you talked about the sedentary lifestyle and it, it is, it's challenging, but what I probably took me, uh, you know, a decent amount of conversation and time of talking to drivers and getting to know them was, Really, it's much more the mentally mental drain that it takes of just being on for 11 to 14 hours because, you know, yeah. we're sitting here at our desk and sometimes we can zone out. And, you know, I guess I guess we all probably daydream a little bit while we're driving at times. But when you're behind an 80,000 pound truck and you've got crazy people cutting you off, speeding around you, honking at you, uh, it's hard to zone out and it's hard not to be just on at all moments. Mm-hmm. And then you do that for extended periods of time with little breaks and little bathroom breaks. And, uh, you know, then the pressure of getting to a shipper or a receiver at a certain time so you can make the delivery and it all adds up. And it's like this mental block that makes it difficult on a day-to-day basis to get into a healthy routine. And then you start going more bird's eye view and you start adding days and days and days and months and weeks and years of not doing anything. And then there's this mental barrier that gets added in of, you know, the longer you wait, uh, the harder it is to get back into it. And I think it's just this vicious cycle that so many drivers get stuck in. And it's really sad because you end up seeing these stats of, you know, a truck driver has a life expectancy, 16 years less than the average population. I mean, 16, I, I literally, I cannot imagine signing, like, you know, going on LinkedIn saying, ah, I got a new career. I'm going to be a truck driver. Oh, there's two decades of my life gone mm-hmm. off of my life. It's like, it's crazy that how important they are for our economy, but then how easily swept under the rug them as a person gets. And that was really the spark. And, and honestly, 
what still drives me today. And obviously we've looked, you know, I, I've been able to expand a little further than just drivers alone, because I think there's a lot of people in this industry and in the supply chain that, that need the help. But that driver at the center is, is really the, the motivating factor and where, where a lot of my passion is at. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, all industrial workers, all blue collar workers kind of fit, fit in that mold. I, I think driving is, is certainly at the top of the, you know, always the most dangerous jobs. And we, we think about flatbeds and getting up on the trailer and, and kind of the, the dangerous aspects of getting into to crashes and wrecks. Uh, but the real danger seems to be just the lifestyle of it. Yes. The sedentary lifestyle it makes it a very dangerous job over the long term. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's it's something that is like this da- taboo subject that not a lot of people want to talk about because it's it's not a fun thing to talk about. But, you know, you got the life expectancy. You've got seven out of every 10 truck drivers who are obese. You've got the highest amount of obesity and diabetes in uh, compared to, you know, rates mm-hmm. compared to any other occupation in the in the uh, in the United States, I, I guess, probably world. But I, I'll say United States is where the data is at. Um, and it, it's just, it's really sad. And for a lot of people, uh, they're so focused. A lot of companies are so focused on day-to-day fires that they have to put out that it's sometimes hard to take a step back and, and look at the, the long-term impact and also long-term risk that's put on their bottom line and their organization for not doing anything about it. So how does supply chain fitness, how, how you, you founded that um, as a solution to this problem or solution to a piece of this problem? How does it address it? Yeah. So think about us as a trucking focused or supply chain niche down corporate health or corporate wellness program. A lot of trucking companies have HR divisions, safety divisions, um, you know, uh, they, they've got, you know, operations people, uh, and you know, the, the more and more you, you get into the day-to-day tasks that they do, a lot of them are juggling so many different things. And oftentimes it's the HR or safety person who's supposed to think about health and safety, but, uh, oftentimes it's just the latter part of the safety and the health just gets thrown out. And maybe at the beginning of the year, they'll do a, a health challenge, but, just like all of us know, uh, health is a year-round thing, and you know, doing it for a one week in January is not really pushing the needle at all. And what we do is we come in and we really take a blunt of the day-to-day work of managing and running the corporate health program. We have a app-based platform that we personalize a exercise, nutrition, and accountability program for each individual employee based off of their lifestyle, their goals, their starting point. And we personalize that connection and connect them to a coach because I, I really think the magic of all of this is is the accountability and coaching relationship, which we provide through that app and through phone and onboarding call and and, and uh, text messages on a weekly basis where we're checking up on them. We're, we're adapting their program if something's not working. We're we're encouraging them when things are working. And those are those soft aspects that often get overlooked, but really make or break and is the glue of, of really anyone making a long-term health change. It, it really is. So my, my first job in, in trucking was with Milton Truck Lines, which is flatbed operator out of Tulsa. Um, and I will say that, that health was a major tenet of the culture. Awesome. 
It really was. I, you know, from from Bob Peterson on, to, I mean, especially from Bob Peterson, it was. It, it was very important that, we, that they build a new building. I left about time that that building opened. But, uh, you know, we had a gym in the old facilities, better gym. Uh, there's a cafeteria, right? Healthy foods in that cafeteria for the drivers who came through and then all the office workers. And, and part of that was, you know, it was a business decision. Yep. You know, the, you know, self-insured, health insurance. It was a huge cost for them. Um, but they did a very good job. It's having health as essential key to that that culture, which is tough for a lot of organizations to do, right? To to have any kind of really key tenant that's not driven by by certainly the owner um, is is a good way to to adopt that 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 culture. Because if you're going to work there, you gotta you you gotta at least uh, play the part, right? So uh, having that as a supplement, and that's something that that Melton, you know, even very safety focused health focused company would would go out and purchase outside vendors to, to really enhance that uh so it's, it's very interesting to to, to have tailor-made dietary plans and coaches um for that yeah you know and, and i think uh you know that's amazing and i always say i always say health needs to be a part of your culture like safety is a part of your culture right mm-hmm. every single driver every single person in trucking and logistics cares about safety and if the driver should care about their safety just as much as the company does but that doesn't mean the company just leaves you know safety up to each individual driver they're pushing hard on it and i think the same goes for health for health as well um and i think that uh you know companies like that is is amazing and you know, I think what I we we've got a couple of companies we work with that have a gym in you know their their facility, and you know when they tell me is, ah, well, we have a gym, but we don't see too many people utilize the gym. And you know what I always say, and, and what we do is, um, our programs are built to be done anywhere at any time. Our most popular program from a driver perspective is actually in the truck programs. They do stuff right in the back of their truck. A lot of times, drivers don't feel comfortable or it's too cold in December in Canada to, to go up and, and get out of the truck and do a workout. And so they do it right in the back of their truck. And um, for, for a lot of the people inside the office, they do, uh, for a lot of people inside the office, they're doing at-home workouts uh, and they're not even going to a gym. And so uh, that's where I always say, you know, finding something that meets each person where they're at and gives them the ability that if they're not a gym person or they're not, you know, whatever it is person, they're not forced if they want to do the wellness benefit or the health benefit at the company to have to go to the gym with all of their, uh, you know, coworkers and, and work out there. They can do it in the privacy of, you know, what fits their lifestyle. You definitely can. Uh, so, so what's the, 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 the next iteration of this? I mean, what, you know, you have the, the, the app. And I think you're working on other things at the moment, certainly things of interest to take this to the next next iteration of above, right? With yeah, some different tools. Yeah. So, you know, I think when I look back at the last three years of, of what we've been doing at Supply Chain Fitness, honestly, the most eye-opening, shocking thing that I've seen is just this explosive surge of chronic diseases uh, across the whole trucking industry. You know, diabetes, uh, obesity, heart disease, high blood pressure. And it's really sad. It, it's scary. And, you know, as I'm getting to know these people on a personal level, all those feelings get multiplied. Uh, and what I'm really realizing what's been an eye opener and just talking to so many VPs of HR and benefit providers is just the, 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 
the bottom line hit to health insurance costs. You know, 86% of all healthcare costs in the United States are directly associated to chronic diseases. And, you know, the industrial sector, so we'll expand out past supply chain and and the trucking industry alone, but, you know, it's spending over $540 billion a year just trying to manage and, and uh, you know, handle all of these chronic diseases across the whole, you know, employee, employee base. And really what we're focused on and, and the direction we're going is really finding ways to reimagine how to manage these chronic diseases that fit the lifestyle of a truck driver or an industrial worker as a whole. And I think it's something that, you know, just like a lot of things, uh, when it's, you know, solutions or, or health-based for all, it's really doesn't fit the lifestyle of a lot of people who work unique job situations like trucking, like a lot of people in supply chain. And so really focusing and building, um, utilizing some artificial intelligence, which we can go down that rabbit hole, which has just been a, a huge um, interest and just uh, some of the some of the things that are coming out are just amazing. And the opportunities with it are amazing. But really utilizing some of those to really create this amazing experience that's hyper personalized for each member that, you know, combats these chronic diseases that are a lot of the times lifestyle based that can be reversed or prevented if we can get ahead of it. I, I, I think you're right on that. I, I think AI tools and, and I don't want to get too in the weeds of AI tools because I can't, I, I can't even keep a conversation uh, too much with it, but the, it, it does have the, the, the ability to kind of really automate that decision-making of this based on pretty well fixed criteria. Right. And then you can bring in a human to, to, to make any really subjective calls on if it's right or not, if it's right or wrong. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that each person is different. So you can bring in and if you need to tailor anything, you, you can tailor it with, with humans. But uh, for, for the most part, you know, the, the prescription is the prescription, right? That the, uh, what you need to do is what you need to do. And it, it fits well with, with a lot of different people um, who have that same category. If that makes any sense whatsoever, I, I feel like it's just rambling now. No, it does. It does. And, you know, I think something that's really interesting how I'm looking at it. And, you know, when you look at a lot of the the research and some of the guidelines that are on chronic diseases and how we can actually manage them from a lifestyle based perspective and also prevent them from making changes on a day to day basis to some of the things that uh, your, your health, how much you move, uh, all these different aspects. There's really, uh, you know, I won't nerd out on you too much, but there's 16 different categories that you can look at of t- things and how I look at it. Have you ever seen the movie Moneyball? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I met Billy Bean. Oh, I saw, oh that's awesome. I oh, did. okay. Oh, wait a second. I think he was at some trucking conference, wasn't he? He was at the uh, Freight Waves in, in Arkansas, and it was my job. I volunteered for this, really, to, to go over and, um, and, and meet him in the lobby and walk them backstage uh, because someone someone just came by and says, well, do, does, does anyone have time to go meet Billy Bean and bring him to stage? I was like, oh, I'll make time for that. Yes, yeah. And because uh, I've read the book two or three times uh, and and seen the movie many times. But yes, the, the analyst, and he talked, um, well, let's you talk. And then uh, he was on stage with Craig and, and he got into the next competitive advantage in in baseball is in the the medical field 
of being able to predict inner injuries and and kind of you know how you know how robust an athlete is right are they injury prone really or are they not because you you're signing huge contracts with people who sometimes hardly ever make the field yeah and that that's actually really interesting and and that with the amount of historical data that they have and also like pre-draft and like just all yes. this data and then be able to see five years three years one year in that would be really interesting but really going back to like the chronic disease and how i'm i'm looking at it is you know really i i think what people i think this is across health in general is i think people underestimate the impact that small changes can have and so many people have this expectation of i'm making a change to my health i'm starting a diet i'm starting a workout program I'm flipping everything 180 degrees tomorrow and we're going pedal to the metal and holding on for dear life until I fall back to square one after a week. You know, that that's that's a good point, you know, and I'm going to ask you this about AI and if AI is good or do you expect it to be good uh, very soon to be able to depict those that that, I don't want to say low hanging fruit, but. So there's in, in everything in life, right? I go back to cells all the time, right? You can tweak one little thing that you can do right now today that has a big impact. Yes. You know, instead of trying to change everything all at once, there is one thing that, that might that might be one word in email that you include that could raise your metrics by 10%. Correct. Why not yeah. do that, right? So is AI, can it kind of just pick its spots like that? To where you don't have to change your entire lifestyle, just change one thing, and you get a ten or twenty percent boost in productivity or health benefits from it. Uh, it you're you're. I need to get you on the payroll because that's exactly what it is, right? Um, it, yeah. it's, okay. Because really, there's there's an algorithm that uh, you can well uh, that we're in the process of, of, of building that really breaks it down. Coming back to that money ball where breaks yeah. down these 16 different categories through an onboarding process where we can basically, um, we can grade each person where they are at in each of these areas. And then because we know what the research and the impact to chronic diseases are with each of these categories, we can say, well, hey, Kevin, you're diabetic and you're not consistently taking your diabetes medication. There's, we, can, we can change some nutrition stuff. We can get you moving all day. But if you really want to feel better tomorrow, we should probably get consistent on your medication or we should, you know, we should do X first because that's not only what you're motivated for, but also what's going to have the highest leverage activity as well. And it's finding that balance point and really breaking it down into these small bite-sized pieces where we can focus on the highest leverage activities and fit it into their day versus saying you need to change your whole day-to-day structure. Um, or you're going to die because that's just unreal. But I'm telling you, there are doctors out there that, that, that use that language and tell people and it scares the crap out of them. And it sometimes gets them to make some changes, but it also sometimes gets people to say, screw it and distrust medical providers and all these other stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and people too. I mean, in, in all facets of, of life. Right. I'll go back to cells again. It's kind of like, like health, right? You need to change everything. Well, you are who you are in a lot. You have your routines. You have, and, and it's not real, realistic. It might be right to tell somebody you got to change everything or you're going to die. 
but it's not realistic that it actually happens. And I think that's, that's part of not having enough information to be able to pinpoint minor changes that they can do to say, you know, you throw the stat that, you know, life expectancy of drivers 16 years less. Well, what if you take that to eight years less? You know, I mean, it's, it's not perfect, but it is a sizable increase. If you make a few minor changes, you're not, you're not, you're not, you know, on the ledge, you're, you're about to go off the ledge maybe, but you're not, you know, hanging by your fingernails um, on death's door. Yeah. And, and I think also specifically with health and some of these chronic diseases, you know, every person in that spectrum is somewhere, somewhere in the spectrum of, of being able to handle yeah. and control it. And if someone is not at at least a baseline where they're able to manage it and control it and they're at least stable, getting them to that is much more important and is going to make a huge difference in yes. their quality of life before we can start now making steps from a lifestyle based thing <laughs> to actually start reversing it and, and, you know, creating us, uh, you know, a momentum in their, in their behaviors and habits. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, getting them to control their, their chronic diseases is a first step in a long process to get them to uh, ride a bike 20 miles a day. Right. I mean, two different universes. So, so yeah, that, that's how I'm thinking about it. And I think it really is the, the big difference here is the, fact and the medical costs, yeah. right. And not, not to cut yes. you off, uh, but yeah. medical costs of someone who's controlling their chronic disease versus someone who's not controlling their chronic disease can be measured very quickly in dollar terms, which is of much interest to trucking companies. Correct. And I think uniquely in the industrial sector on top of that is there's a lot of trickle down impact as well. When it talks about the turnover uh, amount of turnover, talking about medical cards, the number one you know, someone failing a medical re, uh, you know, renewal uh, of their medical card is a chronic disease, diabetes and hypertension. Um, I think there's also impacts of just the safety aspect of someone having someone behind an 80,000 pound vehicle going, you know, 70 miles for 65 miles per hour down the highway who doesn't have their diabetes under control. Um, and, and also there, there's a lot of data historically on soft tissue injuries and work comp claims for people who are obese and, diabetic and, and have chronic diseases as well. So I, I really think the the clearest one-to-one -one ROI is healthcare costs, especially for that company who's self-insured, or maybe they just joined a captive group mm -hmm. who is holding them to a higher standard so they can keep those lower healthcare costs. But I think from a long-term perspective and looking at it holistically, I, I think in the long run, you're going to see other aspects from a productivity standpoint, from a safety standpoint, from a uh, retention standpoint by hitting that first lever of managing chronic diseases. Yeah, I think I think you have the managing chronic diseases just on your overall healthcare costs, right? It's 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 a win win for that. And then you know we were talking about this last week. Though there's hidden costs, those hidden costs that that everyone should should highlight, and because you have retention. Right, you have retention. You also have recruiting. Right, recruiting, retention, workers' comp, um, productivity. As you're saying, it, it's just a much more efficient, uh, dynamic company doing this than um, absorbing all those hidden costs that you don't really, you don't really think about. Yeah, you can't you know, quantify and, it really. And then you know, we started this whole thing talking about you know culture, right? And and you know, it, even if health is maybe not the top pillar of your culture. I think most 
companies in the supply chain are trying to show people their employees that they care and they're thinking outside mm. of um, nine to five about their employees and wanting to provide things. If you provide this type of benefit to an employee, you're even if they're not utilizing it on a daily basis, you're winning brownie points because it's showing your employees that you're they're you're caring, that you're different than other employees, and you're thinking about them as a whole person versus how many miles they drove that day, or you know how many how many um, how much freight they booked that day on on the on the brokerage yep. side of things. So for our listeners, I'm going to throw this out um, to you, Mark, since you're the pro. Oh boy. You're the, the pro in healthcare. If there, there's one piece of um, tech hardware, you know, or, or something to look at on your, your own metrics on a day-to-day basis, you had one thing that you had to look at to, to see what your, where it might be activity levels or something to measure your health that you can go out and purchase or that you might already have laying around. What would it be? What's that the, the foundational point? Man, that's an interesting question that I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that question before, but I like it. Um, I will say that there's some people that I know who love the wearables and love mm-hmm. the data, and there's other people that don't, and, and that doesn't motivate them. So I think first lever or first question would be answering are you the type of person that if you have a wearable, I, I'm holding up my Fitbit that I wear, yeah. is that motivating you for it to ring because you got 7,000 or 10,000 steps every day? Or is that something that, that not really going to be your thing, right? So that's a question. And then you know, the other thing is, you know, um, you know, it, it, do you already have an Apple Watch? Do you have a Fitbit? You know, steps is a great measurement, but I don't think it's the end all be all of, of health hitting a certain step metric, right? Um, so I, I think, it's a nuance. What's your favorite metric? Oh man! Um, right now, for me personally, yeah. I am I am I am trying to increase the amount of vegetables I'm eating per day. It's some so I'm I'm looking at servings of vegetables. That's the habit I'm working on personally. Um, so so that doesn't really tell you to nerd out on specific data, but uh, I guess it is a metric I'm looking at on a daily basis. Uh, then you're looking at it so vegetables. Green vegetables, I suppose, right? Yeah, for the most yeah. part, green vegetables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know be good because healthcare is, or, or well-being, I should say, is a huge industry. It's a huge industry, and I, I think it's it's been not a problem industry, but you know, it's a lifestyle change. Is is what people are selling instead of what we're talking about right here, or pinpointing small changes that you can make on your way to maybe doing a a whole new lifestyle change. Um, But you have to start somewhere, right? A hundred percent. And I think just getting started and being okay with it starting small is a huge first step and a huge win. And once you get some of those small wins under your belt, you get the tires turning, you're getting some momentum, then that second habit change becomes a little bit easier Then the third habit change. And uh, you know, I, I just always get people to think about health as not a 30 day sprint, but something that you can do sustainably for the rest of your life. And if you're thinking about making changes to your health, um, think about, you know, in five years, three years from today, can I see myself consistently still doing this? And if the answer is no, that's okay. You might just need to start smaller, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also okay to have seasons where you push yourself a little bit and, you, and then you, you ease off the brakes as well. And so 
I think it's an interesting dynamic and it's so personalized, which is why we take that personalized approach for each person, you know, in our, in our uh, organization. We've, we've said diabetes uh, a few times on the podcast. Is that the most pressing health concern when it comes to not only truck drivers, but like, like any industrial, you know, factory worker, warehouse worker, dock worker? Is that, would you consider that the most pressing health issue out there? Or is there, you know, is it obesity? Is it, or America in general, you know, what, whatever yeah. you, you have the best handle on? Well, I would say, I would say like, if we just look at, at uh, some of these stats are trucking specific, some of these stats are, are America and I'll, I'll kind of differentiate each of them. But, you know, I think there's a couple of different, I think it depends on what you are specifically looking at, you know, from an actual numbers perspective, like truck drivers, for example, seven out of every 10 are obese. You know, that's a huge, that's a huge percentage. Uh, in America, about 50% of people have uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, and about one in every four actually have it under control, which is kind of crazy as well. Yeah. Um, diabetes numbers in general are a little bit lower, um, but typically um, the like one in every seven truck drivers has diabetes. I think it's closer to one or one out of every 10 Americans have diabetes. Um, but the amount of pre-diabetes is about one in every three Americans. So I would, I would argue that, um, more truck drivers, more than 33% of truck drivers have pre-diabetes. Um, but just from a general healthcare cost, I think that, uh, uh, the, the data is pretty clear that diabetes is one of those bigger, uh, leverage points and something that if you can control it makes such a bigger difference. Uh, but I think really the big three for me, and, and I think if I was going to throw a fourth one in there, it would be. Uh, obesity, weight management, it would be diabetes, uh, it would be hypertension. And then, you know, the other one from a chronic disease management point that we didn't even talk about, but is my background is uh, musculoskeletal injuries uh, and the the healthcare costs of having a total knee replacement or a rotator cuff surgery uh, and how preventable some of these are if, if you can get ahead of it and do some, some prehab or some other exercises uh, before that. Yeah, I think you listed five there. I, I oh, would imagine... I, it was a four or five. I, I can't, I, I didn't keep track myself, uh, but I would imagine just from uh, what you listed out, that's pretty well the same list that trucking company executives would give you as well. Yes. Yes. On yeah. both, you know, uh, let's just say the cost of insurance or the cost of paying for, for healthcare um, with drivers and their overall workforce um, to, to, to be honest is, is what, maybe keeps them up at night. Definitely VP, definitely the HR and benefits and, and the CEOs who are, are self-funded on health insurance. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they're, they're, they're paying for that. They're, they're paying for that lifestyle. Correct. Um, in, in some regards. Well, Mark, um, you know, anyone in our audience who wants to learn more about supply chain fitness, um, or yourself, what was the, the, the best way to, to reach out and, and learn more? Yeah, the best way uh, to talk to me is uh, look up doc Dr. Mark Manera on uh, LinkedIn, um, or you can look up supplychainfitness.com or supplychainfitness on any social media out there. You bet. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Put That Coffee Down. It's been a great conversation, and uh, and, and good luck with the Supply Chain Fitness and, and all the projects that you're working on right now. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And with that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. Um, you can catch us on Freight Waves TV, 
every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern time, and also on our podcast channel here. This is audio only, so I'm dropping more and more audio only conversations with industry leaders like like Mark here uh, each and every week on our podcast channel. Put that coffee down or over on Freightcast where you can get all the the, the podcasts that, that FreightWaves has available download any and all of those and please hit like and leave us a comment um, wherever you download your podcast so with that until the next episode go out and make some margin i got friends only want to talk business i got expenses because when is expensive i got expenses because when is expensive i've been getting out of work and i've been shutting down the stars